Hallelujah. Turn with me over to Hebrews, the 6th chapter, 11th through the 20th verse tonight. We're going to look at some things here. Paul's writing to the church of the Hebrews. And he said, We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, that means tired, exhausted, uh, want to give up attitude, do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Hallelujah. I said inherit the promises. Now, you know, we got a lot of storm clouds brewing in our nation today. There's a lot of things happening that is not good. Um, it's going to get worse. The Bible says it's going to wax worse and worse before the coming of the Lord, so we might as well prepare for it. As it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. And only eight people got saved during Noah's day. But I believe there's a whole lot more that's going to be saved when Jesus comes. Amen. But what what the word is saying there, it's times are not good in the natural, but because the storm clouds are brewing and the wind's blowing, trees are not strong in their root system during this time of uh, uh, of the thing that's happening, and they can be uprooted. I want to tell you something. People can lose confidence in God. Now, we shouldn't lose confidence in God, but people can lose confidence in God because of the circumstances and because of the problems that are just hitting you day after day after day after day. Have you ever got up one day and said, where is he at? I mean, he's hit me every day. Where's that old devil at? And you start looking for him. Well, you know what? He loves that because you're giving him credit. I don't even give the devil credit. Amen. I, I'm not even going to. I just don't give the devil credit. I, I'm just not going to be intimidated by the devil. And, and I don't care if I'm aching all over my body. I'm not going to give him any credit. I'm going to give God credit because he made provisions for me. Amen. So we don't we don't need to give him any credit tonight, but a lot of people can be uprooted from their faith because of the storms. Uh, I've seen people literally um, almost at their wits' end, don't know what to do because of the storm that's brewing in their life, and storms you, you're, they're, they're inevitable; they're going to happen. I'll never forget one time I was driving my a car. I was going from Houston, and I had to go all the way down south, kind of southeast of Houston. And uh, I, I was, and all of a sudden, the biggest thunderstorm, dark clouds rolled in, lightning, wind, hail, all this stuff along with it. You know, it was just coming down. And I mean, I was at the point of no return. If I turned around, I was still going to hit it. If I kept going, I was going to keep hitting it. So if I said, I'll just keep on going. The hail stopped, thank the Lord. Didn't get no damage to the car. We praise God for that. But we went, but the rain was just torrential, lightning, thundering, and all of this stuff. And all of a sudden, I broke through 
the storm. And the storm was calm after it got on the road a little ways. And the most beautiful rainbow, and I, I, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, it's the most beautiful rainbow that I've ever experienced in my life. You know, after thunderstorms, usually there's a rainbow. Somewhere, there's a rainbow. How many knows that's a sign of the covenant of the Lord? That's a sign of the covenant. And I was just driving, and I was just thankful that the storm was over with. And I saw this rainbow, and it looked like, it was the biggest rainbow I ever saw. And it looked like, I was still a distance away from where I was seeing the point of it here. But it looked like that rainbow was just coming over, and just coming right down, and touching right on the highway where I was. I said, no way. I couldn't hardly wait to get up to that point, you know. And I mean, and all of a sudden, the sun was, I mean, there's bright, clear skies. And the rainbow, all those different colors, I saw them coming through my windshield and through my window and across my hands. And I mean, I want to tell you something. Some chills went up and down my spine because I began to think about the presence of God and the promise of the covenant that God gave me. And God doesn't lie. He's not man that he lies, nor the son of man he has to repent. And I tell you what, I said, thank you, Jesus. I, that was the greatest experience. I've ne- I probably never have another one like that in my life. You know, where it, it literally, I've heard, you know, that there was gold at the end of the rainbow, but I didn't stop to check that out. I just kept on going. But it was, it was amazing how it, it came across. Then the Lord brought me to the scripture over in Revelations. Where John was caught up in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he was in the throne room. He saw the throne room of God. He saw the throne room and the elders about the throne room and, and all of the angels around. And, and, but there was another sight that was above the throne room and it was a rainbow that was over the throne. Hallelujah. And you know what that is? I, even in the throne, even in the throne room of God, he's got that covenant sign. A covenant keeper sign. A covenant promise keeper sign. And it's there. Every time you pray, I want to tell you something. Every time you pray, God hears you. God sees you. God knows where you are. And even though you may not feel the goosebumps going up and down your back, but you know the thing is, God knows exactly where you are. And that rainbow is there even in the heavens itself. And I believe every time a prayer goes up, hallelujah, I believe every time a prayer goes up, there's another answer coming because of God's covenant-keeping power that He has with His people. He is a promise keeper. Glory to God. What He's promised you, He will do. And what we've got to do is keep our heart straight towards the Lord. Amen? Now, Ships that are not anchored during a storm can be blown off course and shipwrecked. How many have seen shipwrecked Christians? Storms come. Hey, it's all kinds of storms. It could be political storms. It can be religious storms. It can be just the storms in a local church that causes people to get against one another and pit against one another. And all of a sudden there's a division and a strife and all of this hatred coming on because of the uh, of that. It's a storm. And a lot of people, because of that, they're blown off course and shipwrecked. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people out here that shipwrecked. There's a lot of people that's been blown off course 
by the storms inside churches. Now, I didn't mean to get on to this, but it's good anyway. But they're off course. They're shipwrecked. I mean, you couldn't beg them to come to church right now. How many knows what I'm talking about? I talked to an individual the other day. And I don't even know him but just by sight. And we, we've, we've seen and met. And, and he was telling me, you know, that how that because of the storm, he didn't call it a storm, but because of the division and, and the malice and the hatred where, in this particular church where he was, he said it drove him away rather than draw him in. And I looked at him and I said, well, you know what? Those old trees out there that get uprooted, some of them are still salvageable. And God sees salvageable people in Aubrey, in Dallas, Fort Worth, this whole area, Denton. They're salvageable people that have been uprooted and they have been hurt and they've been almost utterly destroyed because of the storm that rages. But God's got His hand on them. And I'll tell you what, and if you know people in your own family and, and relatives or f- close friends that are shipwrecked, I want to tell you something, keep praying. Because there's a rainbow above the clown, the, the throne room of God this morning, <laughs> this afternoon. Amen. There, there's a rainbow there, meaning that God will keep His Word and do what He said He would do. God's not man that He lies. No, the Son of Man that He has to repent. So our question tonight is, can you, is your anchor secure? As that old song says, my anchor holds and grips that solid rock. Yes. I want, I'll, I'll tell you what, I don't want to have a tipsy-turvy relationship with God. I, I don't want to be able to be tipped over, you know, uh, because uh, the wind is strong and it tips me over. I don't want that in my life. I want to be able to stand strong and let my anchor hold. Amen. The anchor. That's what I want to talk to you tonight just for a few minutes on hope, the sure and steadfast anchor. Hope is a sure and steadfast anchor for us as believers. As a church, family together, hope is a sure and steadfast anchor. That's what's going to keep us going. And this is what we uh, begin to read to you, uh, that you don't become sluggish, he said in Hebrews 6, 11, and 20. That you don't become sluggish, but... Imitate those. <laughs> now, how many have ever seen little kids imitate? I remember when I was in Little League. I was in Little League baseball. I was tall, lanky, 14-year-old, and, and uh, I was skinny as a rail, but, man, I could hit a ball out of the ballpark. I'm not bragging. I just knew how to connect. You know, it's, it's not how big you are. It's whether or not you get that... The, the round part of that bat on that ball in the right spot, just whop it. It'll, the rest will do it. It'll work on its own. But I'll never forget, you know, that uh, I, I tried to imitate my heroes, Mickey Mantle. I was never around Babe Ruth, but I saw pictures and films and, and things of Babe Ruth. That guy, he had a little belly, you know, but he could he could just... Like a toothpick in his hand, just wallop that ball out of there. But we imitate. We imitate. 
Sometimes kids start imitating rock singers and movie stars and all of this. That's not good. But, you know, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Get in here and find out about Joshua, Gideon, all the prophets of the Lord, Elijah, Elisha, Peter, James, John. Those were all human beings. But you know what? They had faith. They had faith. Don't you remember Peter when he came to the Lord and, and, uh, and he told the Lord, Lord, I won't deny you. I'll be here with you always. I'll be right here by your side. And boom, he was the first one that ran. I mean, he was nowhere to be found. In fact, he was out there warming his hands with all of those people that had crucified Jesus. And they said, hey! Well, they hadn't crucified him yet. Jesus was before the pilot, the halls of Pilate. And, and they said, hey, aren't you one of those? And, no, not me. Huh? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know that man. Then they come, hey, I know I know you. Finally, he just started talking like a worldly person and cussed. Said, no, I don't know that blankly blank. But it still didn't work. Because Jesus, out of the corner of his eyes, looked over at Peter and said, Peter, you remember what I told you? Satan hath desired to have you, to sift you as wheat. But don't worry, I prayed for you. And when you're converted, you're going to feed the sheep. Hallelujah. When you're converted, you're going to do the work of the Lord. You're going to do what I've called you to do. But you see, even our disciples and the disciples had those stormy times in their life where they even thought, well, maybe this wasn't worth it at all. But you know what? When we look at their lives and we see the faith that they exhibited and we can see that faith and patience that they had to inherit the promise. That word patience, by the way, it's a different word than just sitting around waiting for something to happen. Patience and being patient means that you're being the same all the time. See, your spirit man is always the same. It's always faith, power, hope, love, the word, because you're always the same regardless. I want to tell you something. I can, so, <laughs> I used to tell this one preacher, I said, I can tell just as well when I'm around you when you're down in the dumps. I'm not down in the dumps. I said, yeah, you are. I said, what happened? Didn't get enough money this week? (laughs) You know, what's the problem? I don't have no problem. You're just crazy. I said, I may be, but I'm happy. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But listen, you're around people, they can tell whether or not you've got faith and whether or not you have the joy of the Lord or not. It, it's going to show. You can put on a big old fake smile, but if the joy of the Lord's not here, it's just going to be a fake smile on your face. But you see, when you've got the joy here, it's going to be, that's going to produce the smile. That's going to produce the joy and the happiness. And that's what we need. Look at the 13th verse for when God made promise to Abraham. Because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I'll bless you, multiplying I'll multiply you. And after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. After he patiently endured. There's that word patience again. He had to be the same all the time. 
He couldn't be one day, well, I don't know if God's going to do it or not. No, every day he knew what God's covenant promise was. And it took a little few years for all that to develop and to happen. But re- remember this, God keeps his word. If God's given you some promises, he may have given you promises for your family, for your children, for friends. He may have given you some hope for that. And we need to keep that kindled all the time. Because God doesn't lie. He's not man that he lies, nor the son of man that he has to repent. Amen? But after he patiently endured, and for men indeed swear by the greater and oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. In other words, I'm truthful. This is what God says. I am truth. Amen. When God says something, he means it. And I like to add it, he means what he says. And says what he means. Hallelujah. And I think we as believers need to get to that point where we can say what we mean and mean what we say. Because we're, we're to imitate the Lord. Amen. Now, that by two, two immutable things, it, was, it is impossible for God to lie. Everybody says it's impossible for God to lie. God can't lie. God is truth. God doesn't lie. Nowhere in this word do you find where he ever lied concerning anything with his people and individuals that was following him. He never lied. He spoke truth. Truth. And that's the only thing that God knows is truth. And we fled for refuge. It's impossible for him to lie that we might have strong consolation. We fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope. There's that word hope again set before us. This hope we have, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Beyond the veil. How many knows that the veil is important? Oh, that veil of the holy temple that they had here on the earth. Oh, it, it was an important thing. Nobody went in there with the wrong attitude. Nobody went in there with the wrong spirit. A priest couldn't. They had to put a rope around the priest and bells on his garments so that he could do a dance while he was in the presence of God. Because if he had sin, he'd drop dead. That's how powerful that was. But you see, it's beyond the veil. And when Jesus died and he gave his blood... And he went into the lower regions of the earth, took the keys of death and hell away from the devil, and then he ascended to God with his blood and put it on the mercy seat of God. He went beyond the veil. And you see, the veil was very, very thick. I don't know exactly how thick it was. Some of you may know a little more knowledge of that, but it was, it was thick enough to where you couldn't just rip it. You couldn't hardly cut it. And that was what the veil was made of. It was made of the material that was very sturdy and could not be, could not be uh, de- demolished or devoured or, or hurt. And Jesus, when he cried on the cross, it is finished, that veil was rent from the top to the bottom. Given access into the very presence of God. Into that place of the holies of holies where the rainbow was over the throne. Hallelujah. 
And we have that rainbow there today, praise God, which hope we have as anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence. The forerunners entered us, even Jesus, having become high priest. Now, hope. The word hope means confident expectation. You know, some people use the word hope in a wrong way. I hope God does it. I hope God heard my prayer. Or I hope I didn't sin today. I, you know, that, that, they're using the word hope there is in the wrong sense. Because hope means literally a confident expectation. My hope is in the Lord. See, my hope is in the Word. My hope is in what He accomplished at Calvary. My hope is in that. And I, I have a confident expectation. I expect what He did for me to be manifested in my life. Hallelujah. I should have got a big shout and somebody run around the aisle about that time. But the Greek word, epis, means hope, expectation, trust, confidence. The Strong's Greek means to anticipate and to welcome, and it's a properly expectation of what is sure. In other words, we can expect what is sure. When you pray, what did Jesus teach on prayer? When you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have it. That's pretty simple, isn't it? When you pray, I guess he, I guess he knew that some of them didn't pray because he said, when you pray. When you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. Now, believe that you receive and you shall have it. Now, God taught me something in this one time when I got first got into the move of the Lord and the faith teaching and word that God put in my heart to minister and what I was around and, and everything. And God showed me something. There's a difference between faith answering time and faith manifestation time. Faith answering time is when you pray. Y'all still with me? When you pray, believe that you receive. So faith answering time, if I'm believing God to touch me, Paula went through a little ordeal here the last few weeks, and she prayed. We prayed. And I told you, remember me telling you this? There's two things here. There's faith answering time and faith manifestation time. Just because it's not manifested immediately doesn't mean God didn't hear and God didn't answer. Sometimes you've got a situation where you need a miracle, a miracle supply of some sort, and you pray and you receive that at the moment you pray. You believe and you receive and you shall have. So faith manifestation time could be two weeks down the road. It could be a month down the road. It could be, I've had promises that God's given me that I haven't let go of. Because I know what God's Word declares. I remember when God spoke to me the first time to go to England. And, and to go over there to minister in the, in the United Kingdom. And uh, I didn't even know anybody over there. I didn't know 
didn't know nobody. And finally, one of the men that I knew, a young man, he'd went over there and was uh, at a Bible college in London. And he said, Brother Clarence, when you come, come preach for me. I said, okay, I'll do that. And anyway, I was in Ufala, Oklahoma at my cousin's church. And I went up there for a weekend. I flew up there, actually, flew up there. And, uh, and we had great services. God moved mightily, and the power of God was there. And I had my cassette tapes back then. You know, that was there during the cassette days. And I, I sold one set of cassette tapes for $10. And uh, a little lady got it. She was the widow of the founding pastor of that church. And she was there, and she got those tapes. And so, I, but God told me I was going. I was going. And I, I, I said, okay, Lord, I believe that I'm going. But I didn't tell nobody up there I was going to England or nothing else. And I got in the airplane. And uh, my offering that day was just, to, it wasn't even enough to cover my airfare. Uh, but you know what? I'm not going to complain because God's my source. Amen? Because God did something bigger than my airfare. Because... By the time I got home, there was a phone call from a man in in uh, Eufaula, Oklahoma. He was visiting with this widow woman's daughter and her husband that was in Arizona. And this family from England had flown over to Arizona and did vacation time. And they came back through Eufaula with them. They drove over to Eufaula. And uh, and they come in the door, and the first thing that this lady said to the man coming through the door, she said, Have you ever heard of Clarence Dalrymple? He said, Well, what's a Clarence Dalrymple? And she said, Here, take these cassette tapes, and you listen to them, and have your pastor listen to them, and you get him over to England to preach. Before I even flew and could land in Houston, he called my wife on the phone. And he's not even a preacher. He's a businessman. And he said, tell your husband, I'm going to give these to my pastor when I get home. And I will call him back in a fortnight. My wife said, what's a fortnight? He said, that's two weeks. And so, anyway, I got home. And two weeks later, he called. And this was in October of uh, the year before. And then he called and he said, well... Pastor, he said, we can, my pastor said we could have you in April of next year. I said, okay. That was in 87. I said, okay. I said, I, I can do that. So we scheduled a Saturday night and a Sunday morning and a Sunday night at their church in Birmingham, England. And then we had uh, another service that he scheduled for me, my, the man that... Um, was talking to him on the phone. He said he, he scheduled a service on Thursday night at another church in Birmingham, England. And then <laughs> I stopped by the college on Wednesday night. So I flew in on Wednesday, preached Wednesday night, went over to Birmingham, England, preached Thursday night. And then uh, we had Friday night off, and then we had Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And I tell you what, didn't realize it, but we, we had to, the church ran about 600 people or more, and it was packed. And we had a service, three services that was just out of this world. The other one in Thursday night wasn't as big, but it was good. And God blessed. I had all my cassette tapes there. And the man I stand with, the man that I had talked to on the phone, he said, well, he said, what are these? I said, well, they're my teachings. He said, well, yeah, they, they, nobody does 
was very good with these. I, I said, well, we'll just put them and see what happens. And so, you know, and he said, well, what's, what's this one on? I said, he said, no, 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 we don't even, they, they don't want this kind of teaching. I said, okay. I said, that's fine. We'll just put them out and see what happens. And so we did. Sunday night, now they had a deal where they didn't sell nothing on Sunday mornings in the church. So, so we didn't do anything Sunday morning. But Sunday night, and, and even then on Sunday night, they didn't really sell anything in the church on Sundays. And so I had all these cassettes, and I had books that preachers had given me to take with me, and they were all there. And so the pastor gets up, and Sunday night he says, Now, Brother Clarence has still got some cassettes and books. Now, we don't do it in the church, but I'm sure that they can open the trunk of their car out there, and you can just get anything you want. And you know what? We sold everything we had. Isn't that just like God? But through that door, God opened up England, and we went four times a year for six weeks at a time each time we went. A half a year we spent in England every year from 1987 to 2003. God moved and supernaturally did some things there that God used us in. And thank God for that. But what I'm saying is, faith answering time, we thought, well, it'd be, it's going to be right away, you know. But no, faith manifestation time comes later. Amen? The answer is yours. Can you say amen? You still happy tonight? Look at Romans 4, 17, 18. See, hope is the proper response to the promises of God. Hope, anticipation, expectation. As it is written, I made you a father of many nations, talking about Abraham. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. How many has ever heard that scripture before? He gives life to the dead, calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now, I don't, I, I don't want nobody getting goofy, you know. I had one lady come up to me and she had slashed her hand and, I mean, it was a slash on that hand. She said, you want to see where I didn't cut my hand, Brother Clarence? I said, Looks to me like you need to go get stitches. Brother Clarence! Brother Clarence! I said, well, that's the truth. You know, that, 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 that's ignorant. I mean, to say, say you don't see where I didn't cut my hand? I mean, it's a big gash there. Needs to be stitched up. Uh, you know, how I many understand what I'm saying? I mean, all kinds of junk got out there. Demon of post-nasal drip, you know. Uh, everything was a spirit. Oh, dear Lord. I tell you what, the devil was magnified. He was glorified and he was enjoying those years of that. I mean, he was getting, he was getting, you know, he was getting his attention that he wanted. But call those things which be not as though they were. Who contrary to hope and hope believed and that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. So like Abraham, we can seize the hope that's set before us. The anticipation, the expectation, the hope. Instead of talking about those loved ones that's not saved and not doing right, say, oh man, I tell you what, they're going to probably be in church here in another few weeks, you know. They're going to be, instead well, I tell you what, I hope I don't find them dead beside the road one night. Amen? We need to get our hope, expectation up and believe that God's going to do it. Seize the hope that's set before us. 
Look at what he said in Hebrews 6, 18. I think we read it a while ago, but that by two immutable things in which it is impossible. Everybody say impossible. It's impossible for God to lie. It's impossible for God to tell a fib. Amen? It's impossible for God to lie. And that we might have strong consolation who who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. And look at Romans 15, 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. Everything in this book is for our learning. Everything that you read from Genesis to Revelation is for our learning. We can learn and we can see what God wants and what God desires for us as we study the Word of God. And it's written for our learning. That's what Romans 15, 4 says, that we through patience... And comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Through patience and through the scriptures might have hope. Might have hope. Praise God. Now, the Holy Spirit is actually uh, our source of hope. The Holy Ghost. How many's got the Holy Ghost tonight? You got the greatest teacher in the world right there inside you. Amen. All, all I can do is just expound and expand and just maybe, uh, uh, you know, uh, juggle your memory a little bit. And what The Holy Ghost has already told you some things. See, He's the teacher. And he, it's His power that causes hope to abound. It's the Holy Ghost that's in us that causes our hope to abound. Now look at Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That you can abound in hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. So hope comes as a gift from God through His grace in our life. And thank God for the grace of the Lord. Amen. Look at, uh, I'm going to read these scriptures pretty quick here because I don't want to take up all your time. But listen, um, Romans Second uh, Thessalonians two fifteen sixteen. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Stand fast. You, don't, you know, don't you just want to slap somebody upside the face when you're going through a trial and a dark spot in your life, and and uh, and you're telling them what's going on, and and you're all worried, and uh, and, and somebody said, "Well, just believe God." Get out of here, man. Just believe God. Well, that's what God's saying. Amen. Stand fast and hold the traditions which you've been taught, whether by the word of our epistle. And now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved you and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace. And finally, hope leads to joy. Did you know if you've got hope, you've got joy? Praise God. There's no need to get down in the mully grubs, you know, and get down low in your spirit because nothing's manifested. No, you've got hope. Generated by the Holy Ghost. And you're going to say, everything's going to be all right, all right, everything's going to be all right. Amen? Some people think you're crazy. Hey, when you walk through that door, you've done been identified, so you might as well just get crazy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
But hope leads to joy. Rejoicing in hope. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Patient. There's that word patient again. So, see the tribulation, the trial, the problem, the thing that you're, that's facing you. You know, patience is what? Being the same. It's being the same. In other words, you're going to have joy whether you feel it or not. One lady in our church, she said, Pastor, I ain't had my witness bumps in a long time. Y'all ever had witness bumps? <laughs> that's that feeling. That's that good feeling. Holy Ghost feeling. Amen. That, that's where, that's where it, the, your flesh begins to tingle because of the Holy Ghost power on the inside. She said, I, I haven't had my witness bumps. I said, well, come here. So we anointed her with oil. We said, now, Lord, we know it's your desire to give her witness bumps. Hallelujah. And I prayed for her. And you know what? She had little witness bumps. I mean, little goosebumps going up and down her arms. Hey, that's okay. The Holy Ghost will manifest itself differently to every person. Some Have you ever noticed some people when they're happy, they'll cry? <laughs> You know, and you say, well, no, no, what did I do? But they're happy. And then you see the other people, they just get hilariously happy, and you think they went insane. Then you see some people, it's just, so? Yeah. Yeah, God healed me. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's all kinds of moods in people. But rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Steadfastly in... Now, what is prayer? Prayer is not getting over there. Oh, please, God. Please, God. Oh, please, God. I need you. I need... Lord, no, please. No, that's not prayer. No, prayer is directed against the devil. Prayer is directed against the source of the problem. And what you've got to do is be steadfast in prayer. Steadfast in taking your position. Position is important for God's people. And you need to find your position, number one, in the spirit realm. Until you get that position in the spirit realm, you're no count for any position anywhere else. Amen. We've got to get we've got to get ourselves in position spiritually. Continuing steadfastly in hope, hope increases boldness. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. I want to be accused of being bold. Hallelujah! Listen, I. My wife will tell you, I don't take no guff off nobody. I don't. Now, that may be dangerous sometimes. But you know what? I've got confidence in God. I've learned through the years, you know, that I have authority over the devil. You have authority over the devil. You've got the right to command the devil to get out and get off and all of this stuff. Because you are God's child and you're full of the Holy Ghost. And these works 
shall you do, and greater works than these shall you do, Jesus said, because I go to the Father. After the Holy Ghost has come, we're going to do greater works. Amen? Now, a person who loses hope is heart, heart sick. I mean, have you ever been around people that's just, you just don't want to be around them? I don't want to be guilty of that. I want people to say, oh, here comes Brother Clarence. Glory, God, hallelujah. I don't want to say, oh, dear Lord. Find the next exit out of here. He's going to unload all of his heartaches on me. (laughs) That's kind of like having pity parties. Nobody shows up but you. Amen? (laughs) But look what the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Cast not away, in Hebrews 10.35, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Don't cast away your confidence. See, I'm not going by what I feel, by what I see, or anything of my sense knowledge. Because it's not my senses that's ruling me, it's God's Spirit. And the inner man, filled with the Holy Ghost, is directed by the Lord. And you walk in the Spirit. You walk. I don't mean you walk around just gully, you know, all the time speaking in tongues. I mean, you couldn't do your job at work if you did that. You know, I mean, you know, you, you got, but you can walk in the Spirit. You can walk in the Spirit and rejoice in hope. Amen. Now, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Hebrews 10.35. Now, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now, faith is. Everybody say, faith is. Faith isn't going to come. Faith is. Well, if I fast 40 days and 40 nights, I'll have faith. No, you're not going to get no faith by fasting. Fasting is good. Fasting really is good for you because you become more sensitive to God. But the fasting alone is not what's building your faith. Y'all still with me tonight? I was in Pennsylvania. Let's see, where was I at? Indiana. (laughs) And there was a lady in the church that she got into this Fasting routine. She fasted 21 days every month. Sometimes twice. Well, there wasn't 42 days, but she would do start another just one after the other. The pastor's wife was involved with her and getting into the fasting deal like that. And they thought that was what was going to build their great faith. Well, no, that's not going to build the faith. Fasting, fasting is going to prepare the way for you to be able to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and sensitive to the demonic powers so you'll know how to go against them with the power of God. But to fast, just to fast, to say, look, just to look spiritual, that's wrong. That's pride. 
There was a man one time trying to cast out a devil in Louisiana in a conference I was in, and they couldn't get the devil out of the man. Pastor said, would you go take care of Brother Clarence? I said, sure. I went back there. And all of them, they had him sprawled out on the floor. He was down on the floor, and they was holding him down off all with both arms and both legs. And, and one one preacher was above him and said, look, I fasted 30 days six times in the last five years. And he was just going on and on and on. And the the, the demon-possessed man just... Slung him off. I mean, I thought he was going to hurt himself when he slung off against the wall. Demons are powerful. And they said, oh, Brother Clarence, here, you take over. I said, okay. I said, set him in a chair. Well, he's been just floundering us around. I said, just set him in a chair. And I looked at him. I said, now you look at me. I'm not here to give you my pedigree. I don't care how many years of Bible college I had. Doesn't matter how many times I fasted. I'm here in the authority of the name of the Lord. And the, in the command that he gave me, I've got power over you to cast you out. And he started to say, I said, shut up. Don't want to hear it. <laughs> and I said, You're coming out because you were defeated 2,000 years ago. And I just called it by name and just used the name of Jesus. I didn't shout. I didn't holler. I didn't kick and didn't squirm. All I did was speak the word with authority in the name of Jesus. That man melted like a dead man right in the floor. And he got up. And his whole countenance changed. And he began to speak in tongues as the Holy Ghost came in and filled that void. And that man became one of the greatest workers in that church. Because deliverance was his. But faith is the substance of things hoped for. I was telling you about the lady that fasted all the time. And, and she, she finally did. And one day the, the wife of the, of the pastor there, she, now she was, had, had low blood sugar and things like this and some things that was physically, and I think a lot of it was brought on by the extreme fasting that they were doing. But, uh, anyway, she, she fainted and collapsed. And so she got up and fixed her something to eat and she called this lady. She said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, apologize. I'm so sorry. I, I, I broke my fast and I've, I've eaten because I fell down and fainted. And she said, well, don't you, you, you just eat what you got right there and don't you eat no more. You just get right back on this thing. Well, I happened to come in town that week and she was telling me the story and I said, you did what? And she told you to do what? I said, that woman's got a religious demon. And I said, I'm telling you right now, you, you need to just, God wants you to fast. I'm not saying don't fast, but God doesn't want you to kill yourself either. And I said, so what you need to do, just eat normal. Well, they had a prayer meeting at their home that night. And here come this lady. Now, she had been fasting so much, she went blind, couldn't hardly get around. They had to literally carry her in. And she died three weeks later. Now, to me, the devil won in that case 
with her. I don't, I'm not doubting her salvation. I'm not doubting where she went. If she went, went to the Lord, I believe her heart was towards God. But the thing is, the devil can get you into fleshly activity, but get you away from what God... Our hope is in the Lord. Our confidence is in the Word. Our hope is in the power of the Holy Ghost. That's where our hope is. So we have the... Now faith... Hebrews 11.1, now faith. Everybody say, now faith. (laughs) Not tomorrow's faith, now faith. (laughs) Is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I like what the Amplified Bible says. It said it perceives as real fact what's not yet revealed to our senses. So that's what it's saying here. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. In other words, we see beyond the situation and the circumstance, and faith sees it finished. Faith sees it complete. Now, a person with hope never ends in lack. Hallelujah. A man with hope always sees a bright future. The person who has hope never ends up empty-handed, but always has something to hold on to. Praise God. We've always got something to grasp hold of in the spirit realm and hang on to it. The promise of God is ours. Webster's Dictionary gives this definition. One's, one's pledge to another to do or not to do something specified. A declaration which gives the person to whom it is made a right to expect it or to claim the performance or forbearance of a specified act. So we, we have, we have a promise from the Lord. God's a promise keeper. I mean, if you don't get nothing else out of what I said tonight, just remember when you go to pray, just look at that rainbow above the throne of God. And He takes your prayers. He takes our praise. He takes everything that we offer up to Him. And He makes it beautiful and acceptable by God. Hallelujah. That's what the Lord does. The promise of the Lord. And, you know, we, we have that promise of God. And there's, there's other terms implying the same thought. Hebrew noun uh, is rendered word. In other words, we have the word from God. The word of God. The word from the Lord. For all the promises of God in Him, in Corinthians, first, uh, second Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen unto the glory of God by us. Listen. God's promises don't have no no's, maybe so, no, no, no. It's all yes and amen. We need to get that down in our spirit. God's promises are yes, no, well, maybe I'll do it. Well, I don't know if I want to do that. It's like Brother Osteen used to talk about a man named Clyde. Clyde says, Lord, why is all these bad things happening to me? Why aren't you doing something? Because, Clyde, I just don't like you. (laughs) Of course, that was just Brother Osteen making a funny, you know. But listen, the promises of God are ours. And the promises are, yea, in, in him, amen. Yes, and amen. So be it. Praise God. When the prayer of faith is offered, you receive at that moment. Praise the Lord. You receive at that moment. Manifestation may come tomorrow, three days, a week, 
I've seen it go six months, two years on some people. But you see, the thing is, faith answering time is when you pray and believe. Pray and believe. Can you say amen? <laughs> God. The, well, let's read in Hebrews 6, verse 17 real quickly. Accordingly, God also, in his desire to show more convincingly and beyond doubt to those who were to inherit the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose and plan, intervened and mediated with an oath. He, there's two immutable things. God can't lie. God will not lie. Immutability is not, it means he's not capable or susceptible of changing. In other words, God's not going to change his mind in midstream. He's not going to tell you to go to the other side and storm comes up like it happened with the disciples, you know. He meant for them to go to the other side. And they got scared and he had to just show who was boss. He calmed the seas, calmed the waters, spoke to it, prayed, and they said this, what manner of man is this that even the seas obey him? See, they still hadn't recognized who he was yet. They still hadn't recognized the fullness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes when God does a miracle in our lives and in our bodies or whatever we're needing, and he does that miracle or something in our life, you know, he said, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Well, what would you come for prayer for? If you're going to be prayed for, and if you're going to if you're going to take it to God, believe that God is not a liar. He's not man that lies, or the Son of Man. He has to repent. But God will do what He said He would do. Hallelujah! Are y'all getting anything out of this tonight? Hmm. Every good and every perfect gift is from above, James 1.17, and comes down from the Father of lights, where there's, no, where there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I like what David said in Psalms 110, verse 80, I mean 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care if it's 30 years down the road. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. My daddy prayed for my brothers to get saved and my sister to get saved and come back to the Lord for years. He went on to be with the Lord. But you know what? Those prayers didn't go unheard because, you see, he went up into the throne room of God where the, where the rainbow was. And God is, doesn't lie. God does what He said. And all three of them came back to the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All three of them. Because God honors our faith. Amen? I am the Lord God, he said in Malachi 3, 6. I am the Lord God, I change not. Mm. So God won't change his position as to his promise. His oath is good. It's security. How many ever went and got a loan, they had to have some security, collateral. You know, they. you go in there, you don't trust me? Well, you know, you had two loans here before and you didn't pay them off. <laughs> we got some, we need some collateral now. But you know what? God's not capable or susceptible of changing. He's the same. Amen? The oath is his security. And I tell you, his oath is good. God's word is good. Listen, I'm not going to slap God in the face and say, you lied to me. You said this and it didn't happen. Hey, it ain't over yet. What's that old saying? It ain't over till it's over. 
Amen. It ain't over till it's over. So praise God. So God is a covenant God. We're covenant people. We're in a covenant relationship with the Lord. And God is the one that's going to see to it that he does it because he's a covenant God. God made promise to Abraham. He kept his word. That promise is still being fulfilled for Israel today. That very promise that God gave him when he first came out of the land of idolatry. And God said, look to the stars. Look to everywhere. And uh, your seed is going to cover the earth. Praise the Lord. And the blessings of God are going to be there. But hope is our anchor. Everybody say, I've got an anchor. (laughs) The anchor of the Lord. And it's in Jesus. See, you're, you're, you're at sea right now in this life, but I'll tell you what, you got an anchor that holds. And that's hope. Confidence. Confident expectation that God's going to do it. Whatever it may be. And I don't know where you are tonight. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're believing for. I don't know what, how long you've been believing for something, or maybe you've been knocked off the center of, uh, of the thing. But you know what? God said, just get back up here. Because I haven't changed. Sometimes we change, we get mad, we pout, we blame God, and we say, God, why did you do this? Why are you doing this? No, 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 what we got to do is just say, God hasn't changed. And God says, I'll take you right back where you were. Hallelujah. And God will start all over again with you. Because that's the kind of God we're serving. Thank God for hope tonight. Say, I've got hope in the Lord. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and just praise God for the hope that we have as believers tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God. The Word is truth. Hallelujah. The Word is truth. Well, I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I will sail the wide seas no more. Oh, the tempest may sweep, or the wide stormy deep, but in Jesus I'm safe evermore. Could you just lift your hands and sing it to the Lord tonight? Oh, I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail. The wide seas no more. The tempest may sweep or the wide stormy deep. But in Jesus I'm safe evermore. It is no sea. What God can do, what He's done for others, He'll do for you. With arms wide open, He'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. 
Father, you see every person here tonight and those that's been watching by Facebook Live. Lord, you see what they're going through. You know what they're headed for tomorrow. And God, we thank you that we have that hope, that confident expectation that you will do what you said you would do. And your word will be performed and prevail in our hearts and lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Just step up your hand and just say, Lord. And just I'm just going to pray right now that God touch you physically. God touch you physically from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your healing virtue that flows. Your healing virtue that flows. Lord, it heals and then we're preserved and kept by your power. And Lord, we just give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Touch. Lord, touch the arteries. Touch the kidneys, the bladder. Lord, just touch those eyes. <laughs> just touch, Lord. Let your healing power flow right now. And Lord, we just give you praise and we give you glory and we give you honor for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for victory. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we're going to Deuteronomy again Wednesday night around here. Amen. Let's stand our feet tonight. And as we're leaving, oh, there's been a big change in me, big change in me. I am so happy. I am so free. He brought me out of bondage into liberty. Oh, 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 there's a big change. One more time. There's a big change in me. Big change in me. I am so happy. I am so free. He brought me out of bondage into liberty. Oh, 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 there's a big change in me. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hug somebody's neck because you love them. Praise God. Good to see Brother Pete and Cindy here. She had a little episode, but God's brought her through. Amen. Praise God. Sister Claudine's walking better. She's liable to be dancing out there when she gets out to the car. <laughs> Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Oh, we glorify you.